0: sweet
1: i think we're recording
0: yeah yeah yeah, we're in we're in all right what's up people we're back with another episode um firstly let's get into the introductions it's your co-host Des, my boy jt over there and then we have a very very special guest um we're kind of following it in the the sporting sort of um routine i guess so uh, we recently just had uh, Greg Polion come on um, in our previous episode. If you haven't seen that yet, please do go and check that one out. And we're following in with his um, teammate. I'm gonna let him introduce himself, tell the people what you do, your position, where you're from. Just let, let the people know, man.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm Taylor. This past season, I played for Himmelstorm, like you just said with uh, with Greg, who's my teammate. Um, yeah, I mean I'm from I'm from the states originally from Fort Worth, Texas, so right in the middle of Texas. And then the last few years I've been playing out here in England, the last two in London. And then yeah, I got an opportunity to come play for Himmel. And yeah, that's how I met you. And it's been a blast. Yeah.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. We're going to dive straight in. So, what was it like growing up in the states? Like, were you always into basketball? What was it like at school? Did you play different sports? Um, did your family members were they into basketball as well? Just, just take us right from the beginning.
2: Yeah. So, from an early age, I was I was really active, and our family was really involved in sports, and we played all kinds of sports. So, um, when we were young, we played. We even played, uh, as we call it in the states, soccer, but we played football. <laughs> Instead, over here. But yeah, football, soccer, American football, um, did a little track in middle school and high school, uh, played baseball, was into baseball a little more seriously uh, at a younger age. So at at one point, I was a much better baseball player than a basketball player. Um, And then as I got into high school, uh, I started to realize that you know, I'm pretty good at this basketball thing and maybe I can make something of it. Maybe I could go to, you know, maybe I could get a scholarship and go somewhere for university. And yeah, my, my dad was a coach. Uh, He coached the women's team. He didn't coach my team, but he was a basketball coach. He was a football coach as well, but he was the basketball coach. My siblings played, so we were all involved. So, and sports was pretty big in Texas, like the culture around sport is is big and yeah so when I was in high school I realized like okay maybe if I committed a little more seriously the next couple years maybe I could get a scholarship so then I did that I did get an opportunity to go play uh after high school and I went to Dartmouth so I went from Texas to Hanover New Hampshire which is a serious weather difference so in texas for for those of you might not be familiar texas is hot like the the sun shines in texas it's really hot Um, there's real summers there and then in hanover it's uh serious winters so snows snow stays on the ground for months and months and months Um, but then i went to school up there played up there and then after playing there I still wanted to keep playing and I got the opportunity to come out here so that's kind of how I got kind of got how I got to here
0: that's really cool wow so come from a sport background sport family Yep. were you were you put through like rigorous training as a as a, as a child to, to if that makes sense like with your dad being a coach as well were you like coming back from school and working out and getting up a bunch of shots in the back garden and things like that
2: Um, so really they just, they just got us involved in all kinds of sports and we, and yeah, encouraged us to like do all, all the sports. Like there was no, they just wanted us to be involved really. And we were involved in all kinds of stuff. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to have, yeah, have a hoop outside. So I did grow up with a basketball hoop outside and we had all sorts of balls and baseball bats and yeah, we played in the back, the backyard shot on the hoop outside, um, and then I was, I, we did get into baseball, uh, pretty seriously and I was playing every weekend. We were going to tournaments all the time. We played on a select team. I think that's probably, um, comparable to like AU basketball. So that's something that is, is done in the States. So it's like, a yeah, just, uh, a, a select team. And then you go play tournaments on the weekend with other teams that are, that are playing. So I did that for baseball. So we did, when I was doing that, we, we definitely put in some practice hours in the backyard. So, um, yeah, that was, that was that for baseball. And then when I, as I got to late middle school and high school, I started, um, yeah, training basketball a little more seriously. And and definitely, um, my dad was involved in a little bit of that, but He also really let it kind of be my thing, which is which is why I think, um, yeah, which is why I think I continued to like really like pour into it because it was kind of my thing. And so there was a good balance of him like being involved and then him letting it be my thing as well. Um, Since he was the coach at the high school, I did I did have the keys to the gym, so that's kind of how I became. That's kind of how we did the training. Was like (laughs) I had the keys, so he either let me in. Or once I was old enough to drive um, and was trustworthy enough, I guess. Uh, he, he let me take the keys and I would, I would just go get shots up. I would go work out. Uh, you know, wh- whether it was on the Sunday or even after school, after I came home and eight, I would go back up to the school um and get shots up on the on the shooting gun or or go back to the weight room and lift some weights in the evening, whatever it was. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how the the training went. Um, yeah
0: wow that's 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 really fortunate of you to have those keys you oh, know yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> absolutely
2: yeah because
0: a lot of people definitely would did not would not have that that available so that must have helped massively just knowing okay i can go in here and work out i had a good game or a bad game i want to get i want to get up like 100 more shots you can go in there and just drain them and and, yeah. and you're good to go
2: yeah that is that is one of the biggest things i noticed coming out of here was that uh how fortunate i was to have like access to the gym but even just you know even if your dad's not a coach like the the access to the gym or to get on a court or to go someplace and play is uh, is much more prevalent in the states than it is than it is out here. Uh, exactly. It's a little bit tougher. A big to get on a court. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's the whole there's the whole thing of like the outside courts here, which is cool, and they've done them up and they made them nice. But uh, then you also with the outside courts, you have to you have to deal with the the weather, the right. climate. Right. So if it's raining yeah. like it is today. um not ideal to be out there you know doing crossovers and yeah doing all that stuff outside um so yeah not at all (laughs) unfortunate
0: wow that's great um so talk us through the, the, the college transition going from high school to college like what changed in terms of um your build your training um being in the team what was it like as a team did you guys have success how many years did you stay like what major changes happened to sort of you as a player and as an individual as well? What kind of changes just as a whole? Because I know that's a big adjustment going from high school to college.
2: Yeah, the um, yeah, where do I go with this one? This uh, was a big so it was four years. So when I finished high school, I went to Dartmouth College, which is the same thing as university here. But it's, uh, it's all the college. Um, so I was there for four years. Um, yeah, we had, a we had a strength coach. We had, you know, really nice facilities, like a really nice weight room. Um, we trained, we trained with the coaches on the court. Um, we always had, yeah, again, had court access, like almost all the time. We shared the gym a little bit with, with other sports like volleyball, but still like for the most part, if we wanted to get in and and put in a little extra work, uh, we had the opportunity to, to do that. And that was, uh, yeah, that was really cool. So definitely was able to like develop there, um, that way. Yeah. So this, the strength coach, they had like a program for us. So we followed a program like in the weight room. Um, and then the coaches, they, they, they handled all the, all the on-court workouts. Um, so you know it was really set up for you to like develop if you wanted to get better and develop uh, and then you, you still had free time outside of outside of that if you could handle all the schoolwork and all that other stuff, you could if you handle that stuff, you could you could get on the court and do your own things. So there was also you know freedom to work on whatever you wanted instead of just following you know the exact workout. So there was a little bit of both. Um, it definitely was an adjustment going from high school to college because, at the college, we, uh, instead of it being structured, the school being structured in semesters, it was actually set up in quarters. So we would, it was a little bit faster pace. So it was a little bit more of a workload and it was an adjustment just, you know, living, you know on my own, like away from home. And then, so that was a little adjustment that way. So once I adjusted to that, you know, it was, it was good. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. JC, do you have anything you want to add on that?
2: Yeah, I was going to ask. So
1: with that college environment and transitioning to somewhere where there's a lot more facilities, would you say that everyone's mentality was like, we're going to go pro, especially at Dartmouth, which is an Ivy League, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you say that everyone had that mentality of, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go hard at this. Or a lot of people were kind of split between pursuing their academic interests and going the professional route.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because that just made me think back to uh, I was uh, I went to two different high schools. I'll go back a little bit before and then I'll I'll come back to my to that experience. But yeah, so in high school, the second high school I went to was really competitive. Uh, they had a really competitive basketball team and, and my experience was um you know, similar to what you're saying of like I was really all in on basketball. And I really wanted to try to get the most out of it, and I was, you know, striving to try to make it to college and try to get a scholarship. So I was really, you know, all in on basketball. And I was fortunate enough on my second high school team to be with a group of players who were, you know, had a really similar mindset. In, um, you know, they were giving it their all at the on the basketball thing. They they wanted to be there. Um, they were really competitive. And then. You know, so that was really cool there. And then, yeah, when I got to college, all those guys had gone through the same thing. Right. So they had all you know, worked really hard academically, as I had done, but also committed themselves to becoming better players and developing like as basketball players. So I think we're all in a similar boat there. But what was really interesting or what I found interesting when I got to Dartmouth is that all those guys that did the basketball kind of in a similar way that I did Um, also had other things as well. So like they were also, yeah, committed to class and stuff, but they also had other interests were also involved in other things, which, which was really cool because, you know, you got to spend a lot of time with these guys and, you know, um, share a lot of experiences with them. So you get exposed to all the things that they're involved in and all the other passions that they have in a way uh, which was, which was really cool. So I would say, I would say that, yeah, they were really committed to, you know, playing and committed to the team and playing basketball, but there was, they also had other things going on. So I don't think it, I don't think for everyone, it was the same that they wanted to go play pro. So it was a little bit different in that respect. So I felt like a lot of guys on my high school team were striving to play in college so we were um you know a little bit more alike in that respect and then in college it was like some guys you know still wanted to play after college after university Mm -hmm. um but not everyone so yeah so yeah that was uh it wasn't like everyone was like okay we gotta we gotta make it pro yeah Um, yeah so
0: wow okay That's, that's that's really interesting in terms of um with with some of these nba stars and some of the the colleges that, a lot of it, what they do is one and dones right right so what, what, could you break down to so people that might not understand what what is the process of doing that why are they doing one and dones? and how does the college support the nba what is the sort of the agreement and how is it uh the, how does the system work in the hand for the nba and being able to get these talented players
2: yeah i mean uh I can't speak from personal experience on the one and done. Um, but yeah, at the there's there's a level in yeah, college which they was like the high majors. So like the high majors uh is like the group of schools that are that are always in um the March Madness tournament. So like teams like Duke and Kentucky and um you know, I don't know who else. There's a handful of teams that are always, you know, in the tournament, they're always at the top of like college basketball. They get the best recruits. They have the biggest names. Um, Those teams, a lot of those teams will have what I think you're speaking to is like the one and dones. Um, Like they, they have the best of the best players. And then those guys, yeah, they'll go to college for one year and then after that year, they'll, they'll go, they'll put their name into the draft. And then a lot of them, you know, they do get drafted and they go straight to the NBA after one year. Um, And yeah, it it makes sense for some of those guys um, who are just such a talent and are already like good enough to play with like the best in the world, which is the people, the players in the NBA. So that's, that's what makes sense for them. Yeah. Yeah right right that is often the case that where i went to school so a lot of the so where i went to school like at dartmouth like almost yeah all the all the guys that i was there with they were there for four years um yeah
0: wow And, and they've since abolished the rule you you can't go to the nba straight from high school anymore if i'm correct right
2: um i think you're right i think you're right um yeah, another thing that's interesting is that before, when you entered in to go to the draft, so if you wanted to be a one and done guy, uh, if you entered your name into the draft, that they they did they then classified you uh, like as non amateur anymore. So then you were considered like pro, and once you once you do that, so if you used to be that if you entered your name into the draft, then you couldn't come back to college. So for some of the guys who were you know, uh, sure things. So like the top guys will be sure things, right. They're definitely getting drafted. So it makes sense for them. Like, okay, I'm going to do one year. I'm going to go into the draft. I know I'm going to get drafted. I'm projected, whatever, top 10, whatever those guys go. Um, but then there's the, there's the guys that are maybe in between. So if they answer, they have to think, you know, if I answer my name into the draft, then, if I don't get drafted, I I won't be able to come back to this college, uh, you know, as a, as a player or maybe on scholarship or on athletic scholarship. So, but they've since changed that. So you're allowed to enter your name into the draft now without any repercussions, um, on your eligibility. So guys are now allowed to enter their names into the drafts. And then if they don't get drafted, they can still play in college, um, which I think is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Definitely, because w- what would have then had to happen is if they can't go back to college, they would have no choice but to go pro, which would was normally what was resulting in a lot of them going over to the, to, to Europe to play. I'm guessing.
2: Right. Yeah. And then yeah, Europe's the next. I guess the next uh, logical step of you know trying to play pro. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so we we fast forwarded through through college, and just coming out of college what were your immediate thoughts like what were you thinking of what you wanted to do where you wanted to go what options were available for you at that time
2: yeah so when I when I was nearing the end of my playing career in college uh I was pretty certain that I wanted to continue playing I wanted to see how far I could take it I still loved playing um you know I felt that you know I felt like there was like still more that I wanted to to do and, you know, see, I wanted to, you know, see how, see how much better I could get, you know, see if I could play overseas. Um, so then, you know, going into that summer, I was trying to figure out the whole agent thing. And um, I actually didn't get to a league or a team in the fall. So like in September, when most of the European leagues start, I actually didn't get on a team. Um, so then I was, I was there, and most of the leagues in Europe start at that time. And I was like, uh oh, you know what? What am I gonna do now? Because uh, yeah, I had gone the whole summer working out and anticipating that this was gonna work out, and the people I talked to were, you know, confident that I would get placed somewhere, and I didn't. So then I was like, well if this doesn't work out, what am I going to do? So I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to see, all right, well, if all these leagues are starting, have I missed my opportunity? Do I need to move on? Do I need to get a job? Am I going to go to grad school? Um, And through that time, I, I talked to some other agents and they said, you know, if you still want to do it, there is more leagues that start again. There's another set of countries that start in like January. So like there is still like another chance. Um, And, but they were like, you know, you don't want to have a gap in you don't want to have a gap of a whole year of not playing and, you know, then try to get somewhere because then, you know, they're going to have all sorts of questions. Like, why is there this gap? It's going to be a little bit more difficult if you wait a whole year. So During the fall, following graduation, I was working out still. And then I had actually got like a GRE study textbook, which is like, um, I was starting to study to to possibly go, to possibly like try to take the entrance exam to, um, that gives you a score to get into like a grad program. So I was considering like going back to school uh, since I didn't get anywhere in the fall. So I was working out and then I was studying in the afternoon And, and then in January, so halfway through what would be the season, um, I got an opportunity from a team here in England in Leicester. Uh, they needed, they needed a player. They had an open spot for an import. I said, absolutely. Like, I'm going to give it a shot. And so I came out here and I played the second half of the season with Leicester and it went well but it was only half a season so I still didn't I still didn't know where I stood uh, as far as if I was going to be able to keep playing or make it you know make it a little thing and continue playing or if I was going to have to figure something else out so then I played pretty well in that second half of the season and another team um, team in London saw me and they were they were impressed so then After that season, I went to Thames Valley Cavaliers in London, which is where I spent the last two years. Um, And then after those two years, uh, Himmel took notice. And then that's how I ended up this past season at Himmel. Wow. Wow. Big trend.
1: Huge trend. How how was the adjustment? Um, Just from that period of going from working out and studying, then being told, oh, we've got a spot here. Like, how was the adjustment from a big, you know, um, yeah, how was just, how was the adjustment overall?
2: Yeah, well, one, I was super relieved and super excited because i had spent uh, the summer and the good part of the fall, uh, even leading into the winter, like at home. So mm. I was kind of just, you know, I was kind of just waiting, waiting to take off, waiting to do something. So I was, uh, I was at home mm. and. I was like, uh, man, I can't do this for, can't do this forever. I can't do this for too much longer. Um, uh, so it was really, it was really a lot of like excitement and like relief. Cause I, I you know, I felt like I could do it. Uh, I just, just needed the opportunity and finally I had the opportunity. So I had all, all the time in the world to be prepared and, and I felt I was prepared. So it was a lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, there was a, yeah, I signed, I signed, but then they had to do the visa paperwork. So there was a little bit more time even on the waiting on that. So I was, I was really chomping at the bit to get over there um, and really see if I could do it. So yeah, there was a little nerves um, going to a whole new country, um, you know, not knowing anyone in yeah. um, halfway through a season. So, you know, so that was one thing, too, is I was walking into a team that had already been together for, you know, half a season. So I was coming in late. They had already, you know, established, you know, who they were as a team. You know, there's the team chemistry thing. But I was just super excited to, to get an opportunity. So I came over and um, it, it was an adjustment. The, it was an adjustment, but I was I was happy to do it. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I was expecting, or I was anticipating that, you know, it was likely I go to a country where I might not speak the language. So I was ready to go, you know, wherever And a lot of these European countries, they don't, English isn't the first language. And so I was prepared for that originally. So then when I, when this opportunity came up, I was, uh, it turned out to be even better than I had originally anticipated, uh, just as far as like outside of the basketball, like. The lifestyle and the the ease of, there was the ease of the adjustment on that um, front because, you know, it's easy to go to the, you can go to the grocery store, you can operate, you can, you can lifestyle outside of basketball is, is a lot more manageable when you can speak the language. Yeah. So, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. But it was, it was a little bit of, a, of an adjustment, but yeah.
1: the preparation, obviously, it served well, because if you hadn't prepared or if you'd spent so much time studying or like throwing more eggs in one basket, then the opportunity would have been like a bit of a blur and it would have been it would have been a bit uneasy. But, yeah, it's good that it worked out. And as for London, what was the transition between there and London? How how was that moving from obviously Leicester's a city, but London's a whole a whole nother vibe. So how was that?
2: Yeah. So in Leicester, it was a little bit more slow paced. And, um, um, you know, I was driving, so I had a, the, I was driving around in a car when the, which that's an adjustment as you're asking about adjustments, like the car was on the other side of the road. So in the wheels on the other side of the car, <laughs> so that was an adjustment in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also driving stick, which a lot of the cars in the- <laughs> were automatic. So oh, goodness, I had, to, I had to do that stalled <laughs> out a few times in the first couple of weeks. So that was That was probably the toughest part. Um, but then moving to London, uh, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed being in London. Um, uh, yeah, it was a little, I didn't have to worry about driving. So there's no stress in that. You you just hop on like the transit, the transit in London is, uh, just takes you exactly where you need to go. It's easy. Um, it's fairly inexpensive, uh, compared to petrol these days. Um, uh London yeah and London is so cool I mean there's so many things in London you can go you can you can get on the train and go see whatever there's all kinds of stuff um there's all kinds of sites to see and easy to get to so I took advantage of that on the weekends like on Sundays I would I would go somewhere in London and go see something um almost every weekend and so I thought that was really cool I thought London was really cool uh In that way yeah that's awesome
0: and um we asked the same question to Greg so I just want to see how your your answers kind of differentiate um so can you tell us like the things that you like about England and then the things that you don't like and maybe some things that sort of like surprised you or some misconceptions maybe you even had beforehand coming into the country
2: okay let's see um well, so one of the things that I really took notice of in my in my few years here is that the I really enjoyed how mild the weather is. So, like, in Texas, in the summer, it's almost unbearable how hot it can be. You're not you, – you really aren't hanging out outside because it's so hot. You'll just be you, – you know, you're going to be – you're going to overheat in, you know, the middle of the summer in July, August. Like, you'll overheat if you spend any time outside. So, you're just – from one building you'll you go and you get into the next building as soon as you can you get into the ac mm. uh, it's really hot but i do love texas though yeah. um and then i went to Hanover, new hampshire which was the complete opposite you know it was super intense winters you know, it was dark uh in the winter um you had to put on layers and layers and boots and a coat and a scarf and gloves um and then you're just in the winter, you're going from one building, you get to the next building so you can warm up. Uh, so being here in England, it's mild, you know, you never have to wear more than, you know, uh, a good sweater, like a good sweater. And so you're not spending a lot of time, like putting on a lot of clothes. So it's, it's easy that way. Like the weather is mild. It's not, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. So that's something I really liked. Um, although it does rain a fair bit
1: more rains a
2: rains a lot but the temperature the temperature is is bearable um so that was one thing that i noticed um the driving was different the driving was different um misconceptions i'm not sure i'm not sure um Maybe, maybe one of the things that I was, you know, either was worried about or led to believe or thought would, you know, would be funny was that, you know, because I was American, you know, that and maybe that English were a little tougher or a little like uh, maybe a little more curt even with like, you know, how they how they interacted with you or whatever is that when I did get over here that. Uh, I didn't experience like any any anything like that. Like everyone, um, in my experience, has been like really welcoming. And like when they hear you know my accent, they're you know they're a little intrigued, and you know they you know they'll ask about.
1: Would you say whatever. overly intrigued?
2: No, because
1: uh, a lot of people can like milk it a bit. Like right, they can they can get overly excited that there's a foreigner I guess. from <laughs> across the Atlantic in in the UK. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah i guess you could say some people some people are really intrigued i guess you could say yeah um and then so yeah so then they want to know everything about america and yeah. you know, i can tell you as much as i know um <laughs> but you know, uh, you know it's a lot like here like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities like yeah. there's a lot of similarities like uh but i think sometimes dude, they do view that like you know they they get really intrigued and they think you know they maybe have this idea of America in their mind being like some far out, like totally different place. And yeah, there's a lot of places in America that are, you know, different and, you know, probably would be fun to see and stuff, but um, it's not like another, it's not like another planet. Um, But yeah, some people are intrigued, but I would say um, most, most of my experiences people have been really welcoming and, you know, cool about it.
0: That's awesome. And, and in terms of the food, uh, how have you found the food and like the shops and things like that when you go uh, shopping and things like that?
2: Definitely found some cool food spots in London. So definitely found some some cool food there. Um, the the English breakfast, I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on it. I'm really? all for the eggs, oh. I'm all for the eggs and that. But uh, the the beans, the beans and the tomato with the breakfast. Uh, I haven't quite gotten there that, so I mean I'm not knocking it, but um I'm not overly sold on that. I'm not I'm not overly sold on that.
1: I think um, a lot of people listening to this would be very angry, and they'd beg to
2: this,
1: well, <laughs> beans is an yeah, so an You
2: guys needed a little controversy. There's there's my little tidbit of controversy first. There you go. <laughs> what else? What else is it? The black? What is it? The the beans, the tomatoes.
1: The bacon, yeah,
2: sausage, sausage are good. The black pudding, yeah, right. That's that's those three right there. The beans, the tomatoes, and the black pudding.
1: The yeah. <laughs> yeah, black pudding, I can agree with. I don't really like that either. To be fair. Yeah, yeah.
0: Fair play. I, I don't like that either. So I, I I'm, I'm all for that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I, I think if you're gonna be over here, you gotta try it. You know. If, yeah, if, yeah, a definitely. Couple times, at least once, if not a couple times, at least once. So, I tried it. Um, it's not my go-to. It's not my Absolutely. go-to. But yeah, it's all about it, all about that. But
0: Have you been able to um, bring your family to come and see? And, and what is their perception of of England? Because um, it's it's really interesting how some, some American people see England. They kind of see it for like, obviously, like the tea and crumpets and the, the funny accent and things like that. But they don't really have much of an understanding of genuinely what it's like to actually be an English person. Whereas for the most part, I'd say most English people have somewhat of a perception, depending on how old you are. And if you're on social media, you can kind of see Okay. um so what was the difference I and mean, did they enjoy it if they came
2: yeah so my parents my parents did get a chance to come over here which was really really cool because it was during season and they were they were able to catch uh a couple games and they hadn't they hadn't been to a game since i was in college so i was really excited about that and i think they enjoyed uh seeing me play in person um i know i did the they so they came this year so it's been a so it was a few years that i was playing over here and then they came this year and uh they stayed in london and i uh, i got them you know i got them to see like a couple tours they did a few tours we did a hop on hop off bus tour oh, and nice. so i got them tried to get them to see as many things as i could in london um uh, we did the they did the tower of london um, they they did all kind they did all sorts of stuff they went yeah they went and saw all kinds of things so they tried to take it in as as much as they could while they were here um, and they really enjoyed it they thought it was super neat like they saw it was super cool like seeing it, all the stuff in person um, yeah and then having them come to the game I, I thought it was really cool uh, so they they enjoyed it they thought it was they thought it was super cool and they would they, they said they would be happy to to come back and, and do a little bit longer trip next time. Um, yeah. Well,
0: look at that, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're not too bad over here. Because <laughs> <Yeah, no, no. laughs> would you agree that Americans don't really travel? Like, they don't really tend to, to go to... Well, of course, there's going to be some, but for, for the hey. vast majority, like, over here, um, people love going on holidays. Like, once you get to the summertime, people are gone, like, if it, whether it's Cyprus or Spain or greece or wherever italy they're they're gone like we over here they love traveling but it doesn't seem as as prevalent in america i know it's so big but do you know what the the reasoning would be behind that
2: yeah i'm not sure i mean i'm sure there's i'm sure there are people who do but i would uh one of the things that comes to mind to me is that yeah what you just said about america being so big so you know even within america you're gonna you can find all different types of things there's Mm. If you wanted to, you know, go to the the mountains or the countryside uh, and like go somewhere really remote, you can do that within America. If you wanted to go to the big city, there's, you know, there's New York City, there's L.A., which uh, there's Dallas even, right, in Texas, like there's big cities. Um, There's, you can go to the beach. So, and that's all, that's all in the States. So I guess maybe that, that would be one One side of the if you were to try to explain or reason why people maybe in the states don't travel uh, as much i guess i would i would i would say maybe that's one thing um if you're going to try to make that argument and the other thing that comes to mind is that um once you're over here that traveling to different places in europe is uh a lot more accessible and affordable. So like to travel from the States to here, like that's a big long flight. Mm -hmm. It's a big time zone change. Um, It's a little bit more expensive. Uh, But once you're over here, like traveling to another country is extremely, extremely affordable in comparison. Um, And, you know, it's, it's not a 10 hour, 12 hour, 14 hour flight like it is from, you know, DFW airport so i think that's another really cool thing about being here in england is that you know you can go to different places and and yeah it's it's reasonable so
1: that's good
0: wow that's that's really awesome jt was there anything you want to add on that
1: um no 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 go ahead sweet i was gonna guys- getting- have you guys
2: been to the states? Let me switch it up on you right here.
1: I know. <laughs> go guys. ahead. Go
2: ahead. You guys The last here, time I traveled yeah. to the yeah. states
1: was the last time I know. The last time I traveled at all outside this country was to the states for a school trip. It was to um DC, and then we spent a couple of days in DC. Then we spent a couple of days. Um, we spent four days in New York. Best trip okay. I've been on. Best like it was just really? an experience, man. Yeah, it was good. I guess because it's a big city, like and New York is. Yeah. Pretty much everything they say and advertise and show in films, it was good, it was good. I enjoyed it.
2: Nice. That's what's
1: up. Um, me, mine's kind of crazy. I mean,
0: um, I was born in I was born in England, so I'm English, but I moved to the States when I was like one years old. So I lived there until I was about eight, nine years old. I grew up in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, but I didn't, I wasn't doing track at the time or anything like that, or basketball. I just did, I played um, football or soccer, as you guys call it. Um, oh. And yeah, it was, it was awesome, you know, getting on the, the, yeah, the big yellow school bus and everything was just very different, even like in an elementary, no, I wasn't I was quite elementary school, but like kindergarten and, and preschool and all that kind of stuff and just seeing how different everything is, how much more work, schoolwork you get and um, the big cafeteria and the school lunches and um, how much more serious they take PE and, and um, just how athletic everyone is. Like I was relatively fast at that age, but there was a bunch of people that were so much faster than me and just yeah there's just everything about it was just crazy and every now and then i go back i went back two years ago um to see family and we would head to florida to this place called um destin funny enough we'd, we'd always go there and um rent out a condo and stay there so so it, it's pretty cool and got family here there and everywhere um in different different states um my auntie lives in houston texas so we, we went over there which is which is awesome i love texas texas is texas is dope um yeah Went to Six Flags in in um, San Antonio, which was really really cool. Never been to San Antonio before, so yeah, it was dope.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, and then um, next we wanted to I wanted to get into asking you this about in terms of um sort of like work work ethic. You're going to get a lot of young people that uh, admire you that that want to aspire to be like you. Um, for those listening that don't know, he is like a top player at Hemel Storm. He's put up some amazing numbers. Just finished the All-Star Game where he won the All-Star, All-Star Game MVP with 37 points, was it? Or was it 34? Yeah, 37. 37 points and scored the game winning three with like two seconds to go. It was pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. Don't worry, we're going to get you some footage of that so you guys can, can join in on, on that moment. Um, and he's had a really successful season here in Storm. They managed to get to the finals of the National Cup um, where he had, again had an amazing performance. And so a lot of people definitely... Would want to know what it takes to be at the sort of level that you're at people aspiring to to want to play basketball because it's not as popular a sport over here but upon Mm -hmm. seeing people like you do it it definitely inspires the young generation to want to take up the sports try and increase participation so what kind of advice would you give to them and, and what sort of training did you do that really was able to sort of separate you from from your peers
2: um yeah, I mean, if you yeah aspire to play, or if you want to you know play at a high level, um, and you're serious about it, I think the most important thing would be to to just be around it as much as you can. So, you know, any opportunity you get to play, I would I would say try to try to go play. Um, yeah, wherever that is, so whatever court, outside, inside, organized, not organized. Like, if you want to eventually, you know, play at a high level, you you need to yeah, get involved. You got to get involved. You got to play a lot. Um, um, and then what sort of things did I say? What I say separated myself? I would say, yeah, just how committed I was to it. So yeah, once once I decided that I wanted to make something out of it is I would say that I noticed that, yeah, I, I've I've got a little bit more commitment to it. Um, so yeah, commitment. And then also, yeah, just the kind of played, you know, the really long game, you know, I knew I wanted to take it to college university and then I knew I wanted to take it farther and play after that. So, um, is to just, you know, kind of like, kind of, uh, you know, have endurance. So if you're going to, if you really want to play at a high level, or if you want to play after college, or if you want to play at college uh you're going to go through like lots of ups and downs but you know you got to you got to find a way to endure it uh and then you know keep trying you know to find ways to develop and get better um yeah so i would say you got to get involved you got to play as much as you can and if you want to play at a high level or if you want to continue playing um you have to you know be committed and you also have to like you have to endure so those
0: are the two things I would say. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that. Josh, was there anything else you wanted to, to ask? Or add?
1: Would you advise traveling out as you've done? Because we asked Greg this last, last time we spoke to him and he was like, just on a cultural level, but also on a personal level, the development that one goes through, if they venture out outside of their comfort zone to do what they love, how important has that been for you and how, important do you think that should be for other athletes coming from america as well
2: yeah i think that's an, i think that's definitely important is the uh, yeah a lot of things if you're yeah if you're super comfortable um you know that's not that that kind of situation doesn't doesn't ask much of yourself right if you're comfortable you're not you're not striving you're not reaching you're not you're not trying to be more you're not trying to be better so yeah, when I went to college, when I went to Dartmouth college, I went to a totally new environment. I went, you know, I was surrounded by a bunch of people who were, you know, as committed and as competitive and as skilled, as talented. Um, so I was just in a more, I was just surrounded by, you know, I was surrounded by an environment that asked more of me. So if I wanted to you know, play if I wanted to get on the court if I wanted to play after college I was like oh, I would have to be at the top of this level uh, if I wanted to continue playing on so that was that was a situation that wasn't totally comfortable it wasn't just easy it wasn't comfortable so yeah I think that's an important element um, is once you know if you're if you're wanting to be better then try to be around people that are better try to be around the best if you can so yeah I would say that's that's a crucial
0: element is to get outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, having been to so many of the games myself, it's really amazing to kind of see how, um, how much of a liking people have taken to you. So the way that you, you, you carry yourself, even me, like seeing you around the gym, it's funny, me, the, the day i saw you in the gym the first thing that came into my head yep he's american i don't even know why or how just in my head just looking at you seeing what you were doing and just the general vibe you're giving off you were like yeah he's not english it's just a completely uh, different vibe and look you didn't even say anything you're just going about your business but i could just tell he's a he's american and and um it's given a lot of lot of hope to people in the, in the local area and 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 i think it's it's really awesome what you're doing you know and i know um, you're very you're very you're very much valued by by the team and and everything that you bring to to basketball in this country.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. Um yeah, we have seen each other in there in the weight room a handful of times. We're in there.
0: We're in there getting in, man. You're in there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> to get better. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's what's up. All right, yeah. Well. Thank you so much, Taylor. We we pretty much asked everything that we we kind of had. Unless you had anything else you wanted to sort of ask us, um, we're, we're about ready to wrap up.
2: That was nice, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. Nice talking to you guys.
0: Of course, no problem at all, JT. You got any last words, man?
1: That's that's yeah. That's it. I think we should definitely. We should kick it again, man, like in person, because I'm, you know, the COVID. COVID has got us used to doing Zooms all the time. I'm just like, man, I'm tired of this stuff, man. Like, let's just, you know, let's link up. Let's, you know, we could one day just have all the Hemelstorm guys just, you know, have a have a good little discussion. But yeah, this has been very, this has been really insightful, bro. I appreciate you coming on.
2: Absolutely, yeah, we'd be happy to. We'd be happy to do it again.
1: For sure, we'll we'll get that done. All right, guys,
0: appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. For next time, I don't know what we'll have. We might have another play. We might not. Who knows? But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. As always, thank you so much, Taylor, for for coming on. It's been your boy, Des, and my co-host, JT. Catch you guys in the next one. Take care. God bless. Stay safe.
1: And there we are.